24 second podcast. We are back, Dren. Tell them what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to talk about Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks and why Arjun and I believe that they're one piece away from contending from a championship. Uh, we, we see that this year might not be the year for them. They're definitely going to put up a fight. Uh, again, no team is going to want to see them in the first round. And so we feel that if they make the necessary offseason, either signings or trades, that they, they can contend for a championship. Arjun, Get into the Dallas Mavericks so far, like what they have going, who their top scorers have been, and then we'll talk more about like what potential offseason targets they could have. Yeah, Luka Doncic continues to to improve, you know, 28.5 points per game this year, nine assists, eight rebounds per game on pretty good efficiency, 49% from the field and 36% from three. Uh, Luka's been good this year. Um, you know, he's he's had to deal with injuries to Kristaps for, for quite a bit of the season and and they're still right there. You know, they're the fifth or sixth seed right now. I believe actually, let me check. They are the fifth seed in the West, which is really good. All things considered. Um, and in terms of top scores, again, you know, you got Luca, who's obviously going to be their top scorer, followed by Kristaps, who who's averaging 20 points per game. I think he can do better though. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is their third high score with Jalen Brunson and Josh Richardson as their four in the five. Um, you know, it leads, it leads to a lot of questions, right? Um, when we think about Chris Stops only averaging 20 points per game, I feel as though he can do better, right? Like, he can up that still. Um, and maybe part of that is because, he, again, he's coming off another knee-slash-leg knee injury. Or we might just have seen Chris Stops this peak, which is also another possibility due to all the injuries that he's had. Um, so, yeah, but what are, what are your thoughts on the top scorers? I think when you give the top scorers – Look, when they traded for Josh Richardson in the offseason, they weren't looking for a guy who's going to come there and score 20 points per game. They were looking more for like a a guard defender. And that's what J Josh Richardson has brought to every team he's played for. The Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, he was a good defender. But I don't think it's worked out the way that the Dallas Mavericks plan. And in fact, going through social media and reading through a lot of articles and stuff, it seems like Dallas Mavericks regret that trade. They wish they had Seth Curry now, especially seeing how he's been playing with the 76ers when he has been playing. Um, I know he's been out a lot this season, Seth Curry, but when he's played for the 76ers, it really makes the Dallas Mavericks question why they did a trade like that. Now keep in mind, by the way, Josh Richardson is, uh, he, he's still young. He's still a really good defender and he, he can get off sometimes, but scoring wise, he, he should not be the fifth guy. He should be the third or fourth best scorer on that team. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think part of it is just, you know, I think part of it is that, um, you know, Josh Richardson's in an interesting role this year with, you know, defensively, you know, he's really their He's supposed to be their best defender, right? Um, obviously they have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith who's supposed to be up there. Dorian Finney-Smith, by the way, is their sixth highest score at nine, 9.8 points per game. And so what we're seeing here is we got two defenders, um, you know, who, who are supposed to make a, a, a difference on that end of the floor. And um, I think, you know, when we look at just Dorian Finney-Smith, it's okay if he doesn't score points as long as he's playing elite defense. For Josh Richardson, we, he, we need to see that, that offensive game because that's how the Mavericks can take that next step that, that everyone is always talking about, right? Like we know this is not a championship contending team but we know that they're close to being one and, and somebody has to step up. And if it's not going to be Josh Richardson, as much as I love what he brings on both sides of the floor, it's going to have to be, you know, either through the, either through the trade market or free agency, which kind of leads me to, to, you know, our next point, you know, what are some potential options this off season, Dren? 
So in recent seasons, we've seen how they've targeted names in the field of like Aaron Gordon. Um, when the Wizards were playing really bad basketball, everyone was talking about how Bradley Beal would be a perfect fit in Dallas. You know, that that shooting guard who can give you 30 a night because when when Luka Doncic has a bad game and is not scoring, he's not having the best offensive game, right? The Dallas Mavericks are not a, a scary team at all. You can't say the same thing, though, when Porzingis is having a bad game because when Porzingis has a bad game, Luka Doncic steps up and put, put – what's the word I'm looking for? He pushes them to victory. And as we've seen in the playoffs last year, too, the, the Dallas Mavericks won a game against the Clippers without Porzingis. But my point is that they need another reliable score. And I, what I think the perfect name is is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton would be an amazing fit on the Dallas Mavericks, but we have to look at things from a realistic perspective too. And if the Bucs want to contend for a championship, I don't think they would give him away. Other names uh, we, we've seen is Buddy Heald has been rumored there. Um, there's been potential interest in John Collins. It'll be interesting to see this summer what these restricted free agents like Lonzo Ball, John Collins, what kind of contracts they get and if their teams are willing to match those. But Buddy Heald is a good piece. He'll, he'll, he'll give you um, good scoring. I, I just wish they could get a slightly bigger guy like a Bradley Beal or Chris Middleton because that would make the Dallas Mavericks one of the scariest teams in the league. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. I think Buddy Heald, again, like he's not going to – I don't think he's enough. But what I think he will do is he will help in terms of your offensive efficiency. And so I think, you know, that wouldn't be the worst move in the world, having Buddy Heald. Here's, here's, here's the name that I think is under the radar. This player makes a big difference on the court, even though his stats don't show it. And I feel like he would fit in really well next to Kristaps. Miles Turner. Miles Turner. So they would give up Porzingis in a trade? No, no, I'm saying if they're able to keep Porzingis and get Miles Turner. I don't know what they would have to give up. but I It would was, be very hard to convince the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, it would, again, we, we, we could see – and the reason I say Miles Turner is because Kristaps doesn't like playing center as is, so you can play him at the four. And Miles Turner actually has the ability to stretch the floor. And defensively, like, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. I would kind of like to see what that would look like. You know, if you have Chris Thompson and, and Miles Turner playing together um, defensively, like that's a hard team. That's going to be a hard team to kind of score on. Um, so yeah, I feel Miles like it'd be Turner's top five on the uh, defensive player of the year uh, standings. So th there's a reason for that. And I think he would help the Dallas Mavericks. It's just it, to me, I don't know how that would work out trade wise. Yeah. It looks like so, it, so. You think they should target more of like a, a defensive big who could stretch the floor? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more of like a, a shoot, a, a shooting guard or a small forward who can really score like guaranteed like 20 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you make a move for Miles Turner, like I feel like like you would have to make you would still have to make another move, but I feel like it wouldn't have to be um, like as big of a move as for like Bradley Beal. I'm wondering what you have to throw in though for a trade for Miles Turner. Because it also, I mean, the, the, the thing about the Mavs is they had their first-round picks for the most what, part. What if you give away Porzingis in that trade and somehow Porzingis and a few other assets? Like, uh, would you do this if you were Dallas or Indiana? Josh – and by the way, I don't know how this works contract-wise. That We're going off the top of our heads here. Josh Richardson and Porzingis for Karis LeVert and Miles Turner. 
I don't think the Pacers would do that. Yeah, probably not. Mm, I don't know. It's hard because – I would like that fit in Dallas. There was a report yesterday saying, you know, there's some uncertainty in, in, in Indiana right now. And, you know, their head coach is on the hot seat. There, there are some things that, that could happen this offseason with a few teams who might just decide, hey, this is like enough. We got to blow this up. Yeah. So. But overall, guys, we pretty much just think that the Dallas Mavericks actually – I forgot one point I wanted to make. The Dallas Mavericks this season, keep in mind there have been a lot of injuries. So, like, this counts. The Lakers have always been above 500, but they have also had Anthony Davis and LeBron James out for some of these games. But the Dallas Mavericks are 24-14 and 14 against teams over 500 this season. So, I, I think that's really impressive for a team like Dallas. Um, keep in mind, like I said, some of those are against the Lakers, which they didn't have LeBron James, but – it could be a slightly misleading statistic, but it's good to see that they're performing against the big teams. And actually most of their losses, they're 13 and 14 against teams below 500. So I guess they just, they show up against the big teams and kind of overlook the bottom teams. But yeah. Any last words you want to say, Arju, about Luka Doncic and Dallas Mavericks? No, I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the coffin. I think we both agree that they're just one piece away and it'll be interesting to see what they do this off season. But, um, yeah, let's move on to our 24-second Q&A period. Jordan, I have my question for you. I'm ready. All right, cool. So, as of right now, the 76ers are the one seed. They're on a five-game win streak. Are we, are we not talking enough about Joe Embiid and, and the Sixers? Do we, are we sleeping on them? I, I think people are slightly sleeping on them. At the start of the season, we criticized them, saying that we want to see them do it in the postseason. Uh, we knew that they would perform this in the regular season and we, we just questioned whether or not they were good because at the start of the season, they were only beating teams, really bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. They, they weren't, every time they played one against one of the big teams, they struggled. And I just personally feel like we are slightly sleeping on them, but at the same time, if Joel Embiid has a bad game, it's like the 76ers rarely win. And so they, they need, critical performances day in and day out from Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons. And they've been doing that. Like, respect to them, they're the one seed. Like, you can't argue that. But I just want to see it done in the postseason. Especially after last year. I know I know Ben Simmons uh, was injured. But if you got swept last year in the first round, you should go in with the mentality that, like, we're going to prove everyone wrong. That's fair. No, I, I, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. I mean, they, they got to – they're good – and I think they're slept on, but I feel like the postseason, you know, it's the same thing with the Bucks. What are we going to see come postseason time? Um, and so definitely a great point there. My question to you is in regards to the Indiana Pacers, you kind of touched on it. How would you describe the situation going on with their head coach right now, is especially seeing as all those reports came out yesterday? To be, to be completely fair, I think when we're looking at, a, you know, the perspective of, of coaching, the Pacers have had a lot of injuries. Like just this season, they've had a lot of injuries. Now, in terms of his relationship with players, if it's not a good relationship with players and he loses the locker room, you kind of have to fire him at that point, right? Like if, if he doesn't have a good relationship with the guys in the locker room and, and the locker room's falling apart because of him, no matter how hard he's trying to keep it together, I feel like you have to get rid of him at that point. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if this offseason the Pacers try to make some moves 
Because right now they've just been middling the, like for the past like five or six years, they just keep middling. Um, you know, they're not getting the, the top elite prospects, but it's not like they're getting like, you know, a late lottery pick as well. It's just like a, a middling where they're not really going anywhere. Um, and so I, I'd like to see them kind of try to blow it up this off season or go all in for a championship. I don't want to see this like mediocrity where they're just there consistently. Um, I would love if they went into rebuilding, man. Imagine Sabonis on another team, Miles Turner on another team, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren when he's healthy, Malcolm Brogdon. Like, they actually do have a good lineup. It's just, unfortunately for them, they haven't been healthy. It's a bunch of guys. Here's how I put it. It's a bunch of guys that are, like, tier three, tier four players in the NBA. Like, like you got superstars, you got stars, you got, like like, good players, and then, like, you know, above average and then average and then mediocre, you know, it's a bunch of guys who are just like tier three, tier four. That's how yeah. I see it at least. Yeah. Um, you, you get your occasional um, like star, like you said, levels from uh, Miles Turner and Sabonis. Actually, like, honestly, I might even put Sabonis in tier two, but S- I, Sabonis, I, I, get yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sabonis, you can make the argument for tier two, but I, I don't know about the other guys, you know? Yeah, but again, they're all they're all like they would all be great players on championship teams. Yeah, but yeah, guys, that's our episode for today. We hope you enjoyed. And by the way, we want to thank you guys for the support in the last video. If you could just leave a like and subscribe to uh, leave a like on this video and subscribe to the channel, it would be much appreciated. We'll be back this weekend. Yeah, um, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.